Okay, now I'm recording it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Can I speak about me a little bit? or Feel free. I born in Ustinad Laben. This is the city on the north part of Czech Republic. It's uh, approximately 100 kilometers from Prague. I am Czechoslovak because my parents, my mom, she born in Czech Republic, but father is from Slovakia. He born in Slovakia on near the border with Poland and a very small village. After the Second World War, he moved to Czech Republic where studied something like sugar industry high school. <laughs> and after that, he moved to Ustinad Laben here because he got something like paper, one can work here. And here is the very big factory about the, this kind of industry. So he met my mother, So, <laughs> and I am here. It's about me when I born. And I start about art, everything on the elementary school. My painting teacher called my parents to the school, and they told that I am talented. So I think from six class i start go to the art school but only for three years because at the school we finished at nine class after that i really i don't know what i will do because i work good uh, with a lot of things but my friend told have a look there is exists something like glass making school it's not so closed but very well there is you can drawing there make painting and modeling and others and they making also the glass he told that uh, make something like glass blowing beautiful pink pigs so <laughs> but it was a big mistake because it's the different it's the other school so it's the school when it's or is in the Zelezny Brod and he told me in Kamenitsky Shinov so I went to Kamenitsky Shinov glass making school and I did the talent, talent tested and the exams. So I began to be student there for four years. So after that, I also, when I finished, so I worked also two years like the worker with stained glass. Yeah. And I tried also to do the exams for the academy here yeah, to, to, to the Prague. But first time they didn't want me. So after that, I was two years in army. <laughs> and after that, I tried again. And one second time, they took me, took me with students on the academy in the Prague. So I studied. It was very interesting because it was at the time the revolution here in Czech Republic. I studied there from 1988 to 1994 because this academy is for six years. And also during the studium, I studied also half year in the Belgium, the Royal Academy of Fine Arts, in the Department of Monumental Painting. So it was interesting experience for me too. So after that, I sold at the time some two pieces of the glass and I got some very interesting money. So I invest some money again to the glass, and after that, I rent something like studio here in Uski and start be some artist like this. But finally, will be next year, 15 years. 
And I finally started with teacher in the glassmaking school in Kamenský Shenov. Actually, I don't want to be something like teacher or I didn't know nothing about the glass because like the young people, they're all a little naive, you know, yeah. So <laughs> all won't be painter, you know. It's a, for instance, in the case that I went first time to the school in the Kamenický Shenov glassmaking school. So I saw the goose gallery and I saw the very beautiful things from glass. I told myself that is, oh, where I am, where I am. I never can do the beautiful things like is in the gallery. I, I was really in the shock. But interesting how the people change it, because on the end of my studio, in the fourth class, I went there again to the gallery and thought, everything is bullshit, you know, it's I can do better things. So how very quick, around 18, 19, you change the behavior and, and the thinking about art and about the glass, so... <laughs> it's true. I mean, because like, I remember in my youth looking at art and being like, oh my God, that's magnificent. That's beautiful. And now that I have, you know, 25 some odd years in the arts, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's easy. <laughs> Anybody yeah. could do that. Anybody with like a little bit of training could pull that off. And I'm like, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. There's a long tradition of Czech glass. It's very well known throughout the world and all this. How has your sort of career sort of, have you been able to get out of the Czech market? You know, because I always concern whether or not people stay sort of in their region or whether they're able to get out into the world. I know you're represented by some galleries. Have you been able to get outside of this Czech market and into the sort of grander art world, I guess? So, so first about the tradition, the glass had a very big tradition in Czech Republic, of course, with Czechoslovakia at the time. And I focus for the special technique at the kiln casting is, if I can speak about this technique a little bit. So actually you will do something like model from clay. And after that, you build the special mold on it, you know, on the model, it's a mix of the silica sand with uh, with the dental plaster. It's very interesting. And you must build two layers. And between layers must be something like metal construction because if you have the huge piece, so it's very big pressure, you know, inside the mold. The glass make, yeah, generates the press. It must be metal construction inside. When you will have the more and more kilograms of the sculpture, so you must construction must be better and better. Yeah? So it's. But why, of all of the different modes of working with glass, so you know, flame work, uh, blowing, all these different, why yeah, did you yeah, choose yeah. kiln work as a specialization? What was it about that quality that made you go, that is for me? Yeah, because I felt something like more like sculpture. Yeah. When I studied in the Kamenský Shinov Glassmaking School, they don't ask which department we can choose. They have a look to my figure and told, you look strong, so you will be glass cutter. Yeah. So you cannot choose the department. Now it's opposite. Now can. Yeah? But at my time, so it was very difficult. I was glass cutter. And like glass cutter, you cut the glass to really something like glass stones and very heavy pieces. So it's about it. And later on the academy, I tried the other techniques. 
To this time, nothing. So I only modeling and cut the glass. I tried on the academy, so other techniques, like is also the painting glass, some hot glass, some glass blowing glass and other techniques. But simply, sometimes I do some hot glass also. I love, love this, this technique, like in casting, because it's really keep the very good structure on surface because the normal glass when you put the hot glass to the sun mold so it's not perfect so they keep the details in this technique i finished the technology yeah so after the, you build the mold so you put some pieces of glass into the mold and put it to the electricity kiln and in the kiln the around 890 centigrades the glass copy the mold and now it's important because it's a little technology also. How long is about the sickness? Yeah? How long you will be cool the glass in the kiln? After all process, after the end, so you open the kiln, take out the, the mold with, with sculpture, you remove the mold. This mold is only for one using, uh, degradate uh, in, in kiln, so you can use only one time. So after that, you have something like ingot. And you must make some cold work on it. You must cut the surface, polish everything. So every time around, I don't know, five, six days when you're working in the workshop on it. So finally, you have something like sculpture. And when you do beautiful things, so it's very nice. Yeah? I do it for myself. You know, <laughs> If I feel very good, you feel the something like I don't know, the hormones of the luck, yeah, when you create some beautiful sculpture. And this is very important because I do it for me. It's not important everything around, some some business with some sailing, the object. So it's second. First is for myself, beautiful, beautiful object, I think. I'm on the same page with you, but on the other hand, we all still need to make a living and pay for our housing and all this other stuff. So, I mean, we can't just throw all of our money and our time into our art. So you're a professor by trade. So this is what, so that's your primary income, I take it. Then you exhibit and you lecture elsewhere and sort of that's an additional potential income kind of idea. Yeah, it's a, actually, it's, I have a two lines. Uh, the one line is glass artist, the second is educator, something like educator. Now I can speak a little bit about my teaching because I teaching around Europe. It's a very nice experience. I am invited very often to Turkey. I was also one time in Russia <laughs> and Belarus. It was the incredible experience. Yeah? So, and also Denmark, Germany. But the most I appreciate when they invite me have a class in the Jerusalem, in Israel. And I appreciate very much because the organizer invite only two glass artists around the world. And at the time when I was there, so it was some one lady from USA. The, she did something like lamp working, if you know. This is working with glass on the torch. It was very, very, very nice things for me, and I very appreciate it. And everything is experience here. Yeah. What is important when I'm making something, so I am able to do the modeling of the sculptures very quick. I have a record around six and a half minutes 
when I made the, the sculpture. Because I teaching also in my school here in Czech Republic. It was some from Israel, three people, and I told them, take the time, and I think seven minutes. And I <laughs> so I really did the sculpture during the seven minutes. So I am also invited something like, invite me something like, make the demonstration of the modeling because they spent with some other things around 30 minutes, yeah, you know, and that's all. So I think two years ago or three years ago, I was invited to Denmark. It was something like meeting of glass artists from all around Denmark. So I showed them during the 15 minutes some sculpturing, some modeling, and also I speak about my work, about my teaching. So this is good for them because you spend very, very long time with modeling, with make mode, you know, and others. I am able to do the sculpture very quick. And so also it's uh, very often I don't know what I will do. So <laughs> I take the clay and hit to the table and what I remind me, so I will do. So you must have some experience because I know some angles yeah, about the flats there and uh, some structures they are using also, texture. So it's everything together. I remember that one time I couldn't sleep, so I all the night I think what I will do next day, what I will modeling. So morning I drink coffee and I know exactly what I will do. So I went to the school during the modeling. I changed everything and finally was absolutely different object than actually exist two lines, Apollon line and Dionysos. It's Apollon is something like you will know what you will do. You have some plan, you have some design, some drawing, and you will do exactly how you prepared everything. So you will do. And other opposite is Dionysus. Yeah? It's just something randoms. You don't know what you will do, but finally it's also very good results. Not only Dionysus, but also the Apollon, because you must sometimes do some deal, some business with about the money, you know, so you must exactly about your customer, you know, he wants something special and you must keep it, you know, so. Is there some balance between the, the uh, it's Apollo and, and Dionysus? Is there like a, a middle road on that? Because like, I'm a big fan of the idea of being, have a plan, but then allow for other things to happen. You know, if you're completely strict, oftentimes it fails. If you're completely loose and crazy, oftentimes it fails. But but like being very prepared with your knowledge, your expertise, but then allowing for, I call it absurdity to happen, you know, the unknown kind of things. So like, is there a, another phrase? Because I've never heard that sort of Apollo Dionysus kind of an idea. So is there something that's the combination of the two? I think that can be because you can start something like this Apollon line and finished absolutely on the, on the other side. Interesting is uh, when I became older and older that I have an experience that when you use the brain more and more, so result is more worse and more worse. So <laughs> I like, for instance, going to the nature. I love to pick up the mushrooms, to have a look 
to the forest, yeah, observe the stones, the skins on the trees and, and other things. So I take some inspiration from the nature. I use it, of course, but finally I still move these things be better and better, simply. Improve myself, you know, and try the new structures and other. So sometimes the people think that they copy the nature. One time I remember that I did some structure that don't exist in the nature, but finally I find some old stone and it looks like my textures and my structure. And I thought, no, this is opposite. The nature copy me. Very often it's opposite. I mean, I'm very much into the idea of the overthinking is sometimes the detriment of creativity. I'm a horrible overthinker. I overthink everything, and I'm always worried that I'm even overworking my art, so like doing too much to it, trying to invest too much stuff into it. And I feel like that's sometimes very much to our detriment, because sometimes just like the simplest, most natural expression is the better one to go with, and don't force it too much. Yeah. But sometimes I fuck that up too. <laughs> no, wait, I've got a question back to the kiln work. Okay. So I know a lot of ceramicists and other types of people that work with kilns and stuff. I, the first person I think I've ever met that does glass kiln work. Oh shoot. Somebody's going to get angry with me for not remembering them. But anyways, <laughs> the, but how precise does it have to be like so i mean i i imagine because i as i said i know a lot of people that work with clay in kilns so like how often do you break pieces or how often does the kiln explode pieces or damage pieces like what's your percentage of like put it in the kiln comes out exactly the way you want it everything what i do it's it's mix of the three things the art the technology and experience yeah it's experience very important because sometimes the glass is do it what the glass want because it's inside the kiln. Something happened there. <laughs> yeah. For instance, I had experience that I had three pieces. I put it same as any airing program. Yeah, in the kiln, it's the same pieces. It was uh, something like the three things. All same dimensions, everything absolutely same. So after I open it, so two was good and one broken. What's happened with this object? I don't know. Art and technology, it's, you must know. Every time you must have a look how looks the mold, about the thickness of the mold, and a lot of factors. About the color of the glass also, because, uh, the, you know, the dark color, very easy to take the temperature, yeah, and very slow leaf temperature, the dark glass. And opposite, that you have crystal transparent glass, so you can take slowly the temperature and opposite very, very quick yeah, leaf temperature. This is one, a lot of factors. Also, if you kiln is full of molds or only one there is empty or, yeah, Everything you must change the annealing program, but base is about the thickness. Yeah? Thickness of the objects, there it's base information for you. I don't know, I, I do something like the biggest around 50 kilograms, but exist the artists that do around 100, 200 kilograms. Yeah? 
of melted kiln glass. The, the cooled glass in the kiln almost, I don't know, half year, <laughs> six months. Yeah, because the thickness of it to get that you know, sense of impurity so that it doesn't you know, crack on the inside or anything like that, like takes a huge amount of time and patience also. Like this is a very patient process, I feel like. Am I right on that? This is patient, but also this artist, whenever he has the special contract, the gallery in USA, yeah, the special contract, he gets some money from this gallery and he he working for them only. He do, for instance, two sculptures in the air. He has something like deadline. He must do some objects exact time. So problem is when you open the kiln after the half years and this is broken. So you know. So what you will do now? It's you lost the money. You pay some taxes because you you wasn't on the time. Yeah, you know, it's not so easy. Simply. And also I do not so big things, not so big sculptures because about the transport, you know, it's very, when you have 100, 200 kilograms, so it's very difficult to move this object somewhere on the exhibitions or especially to the other continent or to the USA and it's everything is expensive to well, I, I'm a big, I have a huge interest in sort of shipping, storage, and all this of art, because like as artists, we are sort of, quote unquote, sort of forced to continually produce new works, but we don't all have big storage units to store all this stuff, <laughs> and we don't necessarily have the budget to like ship all this stuff and do it, pack it beautifully and all this kind of stuff. So like, I have a huge sort of you know, interest in how we're expected to do all of that. When I look at your works, I think, okay, they're glass, so they're quote unquote fragile, but they're incredibly dense. So I actually would imagine they're really not too difficult to ship. I might be totally wrong, though. I's problem also, I thought the pieces out from the uh, European Union, yeah, because it's for commission, for instance. You send somewhere to Australia or China or somewhere the three sculptures, and after that, you don't know what happened there. With them. Yeah, they, they can sail it, and you don't know about yeah, So they stop the answer your emails or stop the communication so it's very difficult for instance now i have the three objects in nantucket in the usa and actually this is good people i think because first i asked the other glass artists that is good people there or not good gallery it's very important you know the galleries do it opposite also they ask is this good artist or <laughs> but problem is that in the contract you have you will pay the the money there and after the end of the contract so they will pay money send you back your object but when you spend i think three years so after three years when you return back to your objects to czech republic here so you you will pay some taxes yeah, some money you invest uh, their money and and uh, when you return back so next money you pay the no this is not small money. This, this is oh, it's v, it's VATs. I mean, it's twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stopped send the pieces out from Europe Union because in Europe Union, yeah, Europe Union, 
you can control a little bit. You can go there, you know. It's true. Yeah, you could just drive over there and be like, where's my piece? <laughs> or just go pick it up yourself and put it in your car. You know, you don't know the Chinese language. Uh, some. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I'm even finding difficulties within the European Union. I mean, we're not even going to get into Brexit. But within the European Union, there has also been difficulties with shipping artworks around. I mean, that whole issue of, you know, as artists, we have to invest our money and our time and our energy into our art. And then on top of that, we then have to pay to ship it so that a gallery could then exhibit it or an institution could exhibit it. It's just like another thing that we have to deal with. I mean, I would love it if somebody could come up with some affordable shipping way to like ship art, because I feel like every time I go to like, quote unquote, like ship art or go to like specialized art shippers, they like add 30%. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more expensive instead of less expensive. So that just sort of drives me nuts. Some special shipping company that, uh, they shipping only the art, yes. They exist. I mean, they do a great job, but fuck, they're expensive. Yeah, yeah. So you must choose the, the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, but the cheapest is often the cheapest for a reason. <laughs> but the money when you invest to, to make the sculptures, it's big, and the shipping more, you know. So it's really... When I sell some object and other other things is original, you know, because I don't don't make the copies, so I do only one things, so it must be expensive. Yeah, some some people think that have a look, they contact me from ten people, one from one is uh, one we will do some deal. Yeah, the left is is they only ask and then I tell them the price, so they don't answer me back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really, that happens a lot. It's really the you invest the money, so it's not so small money because glass is expensive. Everything, and electricity in the kiln. If when you cool the glass, uh, when I have the object around fifty kilograms, so it's one month in kiln. You know, the electricity, yeah, everything you must add together, and some profit you must have. So together is. For some people, it's expensive. Well, I mean, what people don't understand too is like, so when you say that, okay, so you do one piece and it has to sit in a kiln for 30 days to cool down basically at a good sort of slow rate and all this in order to create the look that you're going for. That's an entire month where you cannot fire another piece. So like you're literally like taking like your main tool, your kiln, and it's in use for 30 days and you cannot make another piece. I mean, so like at best you could do 12 pieces unless you have multiple kilns. But like... <laughs> Very often ask me the, the some people, I love your, this one, can you do for me the same? I told no. <laughs> I can do something like remodeling, but I am older. I did three years ago. Now I am three years older. And my mind, my feeling is different. So I can do something like that, but no exact this same object, you know. So how often do you get people coming to you going, I love this piece, but can you do it in this other color? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also, yeah. Can you do it for me in green? <laughs> so it's, yeah, very often, very often. Or other is... That is some rich people and and 
uh, ask you if you do for them some work. They have some design, and Peter, you cast the glass, so you can do about my design some. <laughs> so I, I told, I have a look. I am so busy because I am teacher at school. Have a lessons when I have the free time, some holidays. So I going abroad, teaching abroad, and I want do some my sculptures. Yeah. It's difficult to do some different uh, your work, so your design. So you can try some. I can recommend some some my friends or some people, but I don't do these things. Good for you. I, I'm not a fan of people coming with those kinds of ideas. They like the, to me, there are two kinds of commissions. Like there are commissions where people do like what you said, where they're like, "I have this idea, and you can fulfill my idea." Or there's a commissioned person that goes, I love what you do. I have this space in my home or my office, make something for me. And those are fabulous commissions, but they're much rarer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or the case when I had also, it was, they sent you pictures. It's a blo- glass blowing glass, but you cannot do it. It's impossible to do in, by glass blowing, you know. It was some rich man from USA, and he had some experience with ceramic, but ceramic is not glass. It's very, very different. A lot of things you cannot do from glass. So uh, you must change your idea. Or Of course, I told him, I recommend you my graduate students. He do something like that, but you must speak with him, and uh, you will see. But I can tell you that it's impossible to do from glass. From ceramic, yes, but not from glass. Yeah, something I'm I'm working with this a lot in my own work, so I'm interested in how and why you're doing it. So, like when you're working with your some, I'm looking at your website, and some of your pieces are very polished, and some are very sort of satin finished, and so you you seem to work with that sort of transparency and textural quality intentionally. So, like, why do you make certain choices of like why are certain places high polished and crystal clear and others more satin and more muted you know the the glass is a special material yeah, they have not three dimensions dimensions but four four dimensions in, inside space uh-huh. mm-hmm. inside space and uh, so i use my backside backside uh, of the objects is is flat so it's working, it's a very rough structure and very polished parts there. And of course, that is carved like something like land. And background is like mirror, you know, the texture reflected in the backside and written back to you on the polish uh, things, make multiply the structure because it's like land. It's carved like, so they multiply the texture and when you're going around, so it's moving, yeah, so it's very nice. It's my kind of art, or it's very difficult for others to do some similar things, yeah, so it's, it's not so easy. I've also noticed there's, they're in the glass art world, keeping in mind, I'm not in the glass art world. So I'm, I'm looking from an outsider's perspective. And so I, maybe I'm stupid on this. So bear with me. There seem to be sort of two camps and then sort of something in between. There's using glass art in a very geometric, 
uh, linear fashion. And then there's using glass in a very organic and natural fashion. And you seem to be trying to choose to try to find some combination between those two. Yeah. Why are there those two cams? And then, you know, why are you trying to sort of combine them in some way? It's simple. It's working. Like the glass love the, the geometrical things, yeah, the parts, and also the structure from nature. It's a combination. It's perfect, you know, because the working, the geometrical parts and working, there is some reflection, some from inside to out and other. So I think this is perfect, perfect combination. I teaching the students the, these things. Also, when you be speaking about the combination, so it's uh, glass, love, uh, some combination with uh, some other materials. Glass, love, for instance, the stone, wood, metal, but don't like the gips, the, the, the plaster, don't like the goom. Yeah, and other things. Yeah, so, so it's these three uh, kinds of material. It's the, the glass like it. So, metal, wood, and stone. I think. <laughs> hmm. So you can use it, glue it together, and so it's working. With uh, you can do some art from this also. Yeah, now you mentioned like like traveling a lot in the world and things like this. Where do you exhibit slash? sell the sort of the most like where are the most glass art collectors or the most places that like exhibiting glass art even for that matter i think that i still think that in the usa it's yeah the biggest at the habitat galleries at the something like net of a lot of galleries in in the usa and yeah there is usa i think but also exist a lot of galleries around the world for instance, the here tradition, the Stanislav Libensky, Jaroslava Brichtova, it's a couple when did they pass it away? They did this kiln casting sculpture. When you have a look on the internet so you can see it, it's exactly around 100, 200 kilograms pieces, heavy pieces. So every gallery around the world won't have the one piece from this couple, you know, and all the collectors want it. Still, I think USA, USA Habitat Galleries or Imagine Museum and also the biggest, largest galleries in the USA are in the USA. All right. Now, I'm also looking, you have a lot of work, like you have produced set of work for your body work. Are all of them sold or on, on exhibition or do you have storage? Because <laughs> I'm wondering about how to store glass art. It was, I think, two or three months ago that uh, I celebrated something like 100 sculptures when I made. Uh, so each is original, each is different. So it is beautiful. And uh, I won't do so for next year. I will teach in glass making school in Kaminsky you know, 15 years. So I won't do something like book or invest some money to do some catalog and show some of my sculpture there. So. Right. But do you have to like store, like do you have a part of your studio where you're keeping all your old sculptures? <laughs> Fortunately, my object, I mostly, a lot of object I sold. Yeah. So from Good this 100, 
100 sculptures, I 80 sculptures I sold. So I have right now around 20 sculptures. Of course, I have not my storage. I'm still fighting with the space because I have a small flat in Ustí nad Labem here. And when I'm teaching in glassmaking school in Kaminsky, so I am on the private there. So I pay the money so in the house. And I don't know, eight sculptures I have at school. Three sculptures here, three sculptures in glassmaking in the private. And left I have on my friend garden, there have some metal house and inside I have a box with one side. I am very happy that I have not so much culture that I sold. Yeah, of course, one side money is beautiful. Other side you losing, yeah, one your beautiful objects. And like, I don't know, take your part of body. Yeah, you losing the, if you, if you understand me. So, I, one side I am, I am happy and other side I am sad. Yeah, I mean, you, you want people to enjoy and appreciate your work. And of course, you want the money to be able to continue on making more work. But on the other hand, some of your pieces, like, and, and I say this for myself, like some of the, my pieces, I kind of don't want to sell. Like, I, I love them a little too much. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I give on the sculpture so big price that it's impossible that buy it. Somebody buy it eh? because you like it so much. Yes. So I have the double double price or something like. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Nice. Now, okay. Now, because you're using this, what I consider a unique process, this kiln glass, I don't know if it's a unique process. To me, it's unique. I don't see it very often. Are they designed to be indoors or can they be exhibited outdoors? Like, so like, is there, is part of the reason for that process, uh, some sort of strength and ability to deal with outdoor weather and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This technique, it must be indoor, oh. inside, you know, because the glass after the casting is a little fragile, you know. So it's very sensitive for the change of weather outside. So if you, for instance, sunshine and during the one or two minutes begin the hard training or, you know, so it's very dangerous for, but it's about the kind of glass. Now, I think 10 years ago, they find some special glass in Czech Republic this kind is a new kind of the glass, not absolutely new because it's 10 years old, but now you can buy it and this kind of glass after casting can be outside. This kind, some other glass artists in the Europe, they do the sculptures outside. Now it's not a problem. This glass is a little more expensive, of course, but it's possible to do some sculpture outside also. But before, it really was very dangerous outside. It's only the inside space, inside the uh, indoor. Okay, equal to that, like I'm a, a works on paper kind of person and I have lots of friends who are painters and this kind of stuff. And oftentimes we're always told like, oh, put your, you know, let's say you have a piece in your home. Don't put it in direct sunlight because of course the colors will fade and things like this. Is that true with glass? No, <laughs> it's glassy still, still, still same color. You can do some change of the color in the kiln. Yeah? So, for instance, I input to the mold the pink color, and after casting is red. Uh, on the top temperature, open the kiln, and all the air that went out, then 
you close it and again yeah, so this chemical technology processing you can change the, the color a little bit yes right i mean it's basically pure color so like it doesn't fade over time or anything like that in the ways that like paint on a canvas or ink on a paper would fade over time so like once you have cast it and it's it's its color and it's set and dried and cooled down it will continue to keep that it'll never lose those colors correct yeah, 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 yeah. When you annealing or cooling the, the, the glass, so it's same still after the, yes. Okay. Nice. So <laughs> it's all that about it's special, special te- technique. I, I learning all my life, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's never ending story. It's still, oh, yeah. it's problems and, and you, you still won't move. Yeah, the technology and art move up, 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 up. But you still must work, work, work. And- Don't tell me about it. I do photography. Like when I started, it was still film and dark room. And like technology has exploded exponentially at this point. So yeah, I, I kind of just gave up on that. Moved, moved into a different artistic realm because it's just it's just too much to keep up with. Too many new technologies. I mean, glass, yeah, there's probably there have probably been more technological advances in the last 50 years than there have in the past five centuries when it comes to glass mm-hmm. between, you know, electric versus gas kilns versus, you know, all these new technologies of like mixing and blending things. And then of course the thing you're talking about, this extra durable glass, you know, and all these things, there's lots of technology to keep up with, but it still has a very long tradition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there any last little bit you want to talk about? Any topics that you want to bring up that I didn't ask about? I don't know. Maybe about teaching a little bit. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll prompt you with a question on that. So there are lots of like artistic mediums that I can think of that you can sort of pick up and, and do pretty quickly. So, you know, like if you're learning drawing and stuff, it, it might take a year or so to feel, be reasonably skilled and things like this. Photography, I teach, very easy to pick up and sort of learn the skills and techniques. Like how long does it take for a student to like be what I would call like, quote unquote, like proficient with glass when taking courses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's depend about the talent first of the students and about the teacher when I teach him. And also the students must want it, yeah, you know. I have a for instance, it's really very different. I have a students that don't care, they don't come to school, something like flying there, then all four years. At the side I have a very beautiful student. For instance, one of them, I using him like my assistant when I going teaching abroad. But he is not from Czech Republic. He's from Kazakhstan. Because we one time we had a lot of Kazakhstan students at our school. He's speaking very well by English language, of course, Russia, France, and by Czech language also very well. Cannot recognize that he's not, not born here. It's really speaking very well by Czech language. And he know everything. I teach him about the kiln casting, everything, about the how make the molds, how modeling, how. Uh, he is beautiful and very good glass cutter. So I need it mostly, the glass cutter, because I have a lot of work with when I have the class abroad. So I must care about, for instance, 12 people, you know, and the results from the glass, he cut it there. This is something like craft. You need it so much. 
and he do it very well. So every time I tell him, do it very perfect craft, because it's a different about the left of the world. Yeah? So this is in Czech Republic, it must be good art with good craft, very good. Do the work like it will be yours. It will do for you. It must be same. Yeah? And we will do this perfect craft work. Never can care about the money. People give you money, but must be perfect. Everything. It's about the students. And one student, for instance, right now, because our kiln at school, one kiln is broken. He have he living with his parents and have a something like workshop there. So he have the kiln. So I use it time after time. I cast the glass in his house. And he has also some tools for co-working. So he do for me. I give him, for instance, a glass and the mold. And sometimes, not every time, he do for me some that he cast in his kiln, the object. And after that, to make the co-working. So I give him some money. But I control it very well because it must be perfect, of course. But that brings up this whole relationship that I found, again, I'm from America, so like looking at Europe, there's this long tradition of the mentor-apprentice relationship. I mean, how important is that in the glass world? Because I would imagine there are skills and techniques that like you have mastered that you could easily pass down to an apprentice that somebody else couldn't just look at your work and learn how to do but that you have this knowledge base that I think is probably one of the, you know, it's one of, there's, there's that amount, amount of craft, like you're talking about, and craftsmanship, whether it's in the techniques of the kiln or the techniques of the mold making or whatever, that could benefit greatly from like the mentor-apprentice relationship. In contrast to like photography, it's not so important. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when I have the class, so I show them, for instance, how I make the structure. But this is secret, you know, it's <laughs> confidential because uh, I told them it's, just, it's easy. But please, when you make the video, it's for you only. Don't give to Facebook, don't give this on Instagram or somewhere. Yeah, because it's really, it's my knowledge. Yeah, it's my know-how and I, I teaching abroad this thing. So. Well, it's your years of experience is what it is. Yeah, 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 also, of course, yeah. So it is. <laughs> do you, so do you have a, a an apprentice or anybody that you're passing your knowledge down to? I have something like that, and it wasn't my work. I One time, I was in Turkey, so one middle-aged lady, <laughs> she was so glad that she made something like notice, they wrote step by step what you can do. So I have it in English language. So of course, of course, I have, for instance, some how to calculate the annealing program in the kiln. Exists some uh, mathematic these things. Yeah, I have some prints. I have. <laughs> okay. Well, th thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. Oh, oh it's well, my pleasure also. Thank you for listening to The Complete Conversation. We would appreciate it if you would share the podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or studio mates, anyone with an interest in the arts and creative endeavors. 
The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014. The audio was edited by Mickey at Cush Audio Services, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. Thanks, Pete. As we know, funding for the arts is incredibly important, so I'd like to express my appreciation for the funding from the EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway. They are working together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunstcentrene i Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com.